faith, family, freedom, hope, and opportunity. You're listening to Freedom Rings. I'm your host, Senator Marsha Blackburn. Welcome to Freedom Rings. So pleased that you're joining us today. And if North Carolina is a state at the top of your list, you're going to want to listen in. Our guest today is Ted Budd, and he is a North Carolinian through and through. He's also a proven freedom fighter, and he is an unapologetic conservative, been a member of the U.S. House of Representatives. He was elected there in 2016, and now he is running for the U.S. Senate. And I was so pleased to come in alongside him early on in that race, and we're going to push this all the way through to November. So, Ted Budd, welcome to Freedom Rings. Thank you, Senator. It's great to be here, and thanks for the support along the way. Absolutely. I want you to start out and talk a little about your family's farm. You were on a cattle and a chicken farm in rural Davie County, North Carolina, so you know what it is to work hard, to be resilient, to push through every single day, making certain that you're doing what you have to do to make that living. So talk about your upbringing. Well, I did grow up in rural Davie County, right outside of Winston-Salem. So we essentially had two businesses. One was a, a growing farm. It was a cattle and chicken farm, still is a working cattle farm today. Uh, so, and look, I like my neighbors might be listening in, uh, Senator. So I don't like to call myself a farmer because they work way too hard for that title. <laughs> but I have farmed at points in my life. Um, and I also like to say that the other side of the business was closer to Winston-Salem. And that was a janitorial business that my father started in the 1960s and then he added landscaping to that so if i wasn't working on the farm with the chickens with the cows uh, then we were uh, scrubbing toilets or uh, putting out pine straw or mowing grass well and those are all good solid endeavors and i think that by doing that manual labor you learn a lot about hard work so how did this change your work ethic and how does it what are the lessons you carry into today? Well, I think having a great family also adds to the work ethic. There's a lot of folks that didn't grow up on a farm that have a great work ethic because they had great uh, mentors and great family. And I certainly have a, a great mom and dad that I just want to thank as well for teaching me to work hard, whether it was on the farm or in that janitorial business and not giving you an option. You don't have the option of quitting. And uh, I remember uh, the a farmer told me a couple of weeks ago about a, a politician who had gone out to their dairy farm to visit. And I asked him about his day, and he said, well, I get up at 4.30, and I do my first milking, and then I go have a little breakfast, and then I start the day's work at 7. And the politician looked at him and said, well, I bet you can't wait for the weekends. And for those who don't get the joke, <laughs> there are no weekends in farming. Well, you're right about that. And <clears throat> I think with the little bit of work I do, uh, you know, growing some tomatoes and cabbage and my herb garden and things like that every weekend i'm out there working on that or my flowers or pulling weeds or it's <laughs> getting down pine straw or mulch <laughs> or or something you're right it is but i love every bit of that and you talked about uh strong families and mm. you know when you have a family business if family is not working, then there is no income, right? That's right. <clears throat> and 
So it does require everyone in the family to be a part of it. Talk a little bit about you and Amy Kate and your your kiddos, three kiddos. So 31 years ago, I went on a mission. My faith has been very important to me. I've talked about that to some degree out on the trail. And uh, 31 years ago, as a student at Appalachian State University, I went on a mission trip to the USSR. And two things happened the week that I was there. Uh, the first thing, it was a 12-day trip, uh, so a little more than a week, actually in Moscow, Leningrad, which was changing to St. Petersburg at the time. And then Kiev was the uh, third city. It was all part of the USSR. And it's a it's a shame to see what Putin is doing there yeah. now. But the two things that happened, one is the Soviet Union collapsed that very week. And the other thing that happened is I met Amy Kate, my wife. And she is not from Russia. She is from West Virginia. <laughs> she is a coal miner's daughter, a granddaughter. And, uh, uh, you know, we, uh, we got married after college. We both went to Dallas Theological Seminary, both graduated from there. Uh, she decided that she wanted to homeschool our three kids. They're now, uh, we're almost at the empty nester stage. Um, they're off in, in college and starting their careers. Um, you know, we live on that family farm. And uh, she's just an amazing uh, wife of 27 years years, fully supportive in this race and right there beside me. The only thing when she's out there around North Carolina, I say, don't write her name in over top of me on the ballot because they love Amy Kate when they get a chance to meet her. That is wonderful. And you mentioned your faith. And I like to say there are five big things, faith, family, freedom, hope, and opportunity. And if we get those right, a lot of other problems are going to work their way out because our focus is right. And I know through the faith work that you've endeavored on, pro-life causes have been important to you. So let's touch on why you are so given to protecting life at all stages Mm -hmm. of life, whether it's the unborn or it is the elderly. Look, I think this is... um, often talked about you know, women's rights, which we're all supportive of, but we have to think about human rights here and life beginning at conception. And so I think we need to realize that all the way until um, uh, the natural end of life. Um, and I really think that we have to understand that uh, God is creator and we have to live out of that, that worldview. And that leads to the most human flourishing on the days that we have here. And I think uh, that's what leads to most people prospering. Um, and that's what I, the policies that I support. That's great. And the issues that you're hearing a lot about from North Carolinians, what are they talking about right now as you're out and about every single day talking to them where they live and work and play? What's at the top of the list? Senator, we were the only campaign, not just in the primary, but among the Democrats as well, that uh, have gone to all 100 counties talking to law enforcement, talking to uh, the forgotten men and women of the, the different corners of the state that they don't have the big media markets. And, mm-hmm. and we really learned a lot. And one of the things I've noticed in my message that uh, allowed us to win uh, in the primary is that I don't have to change that for the general because the issues uh, that are concerning to Republicans are concerning to everyone right now. And the, the three main things that I hear are one, it's inflation. It's the price of groceries. It's putting gas in the tank. It's can you, you know, if they're in their pickup truck going to work, can they afford that hundred dollars? And what is that crowding out in their but in their family's budget? Uh, the other issue is uh, it's it's crime. They're worried about the, the fentanyl abuse, the leading cause of death between those 18 and 45 years old. 
um, sheriffs in some of the hundred counties that I visited are saying every single county is now a border county because of Joe Biden's policy. So they're worried about what may start at the border, but it shows up in their local yeah. counties only 72 hours later. And then they're worried about America being weak on the international stage and how that affects not only the whole world, but us right here. And that happened when Joe Biden had the horrible withdrawal from Afghanistan. And you have quite a military presence we in do. North Carolina. We do. We have uh, uh, at least three branches uh, plus Coast Guard. We have uh, Camp Lejeune uh, down on the east. Uh, we have um, uh, we have Fort Bragg, of course, um, and then we have an Air Force base there. But it's uh, it's a strong. It's the second biggest industry. The biggest industry in North Carolina. It ninety six billion dollars is agriculture. And you don't see that if in your in, in the beltways and in your cities, but it's the single biggest industry. The second is military to our state. And especially as you move towards the east, um, you see so many veterans. And it's just been one of the great privileges of the past few months is to meet with so many veterans. And your National Guard in North Carolina Absolutely. is really effective. Absolutely. Especially because, uh, you know, we have 14, now 14 congressional districts. I don't have uh, those units uh, where I've been, but now we have, uh, we have a tremendous amount uh, outside of that now that I get and to go across the state. And we so appreciate the National Guard. They show up to help stateside and then they uh, go through deployments working with some of these good troops. Yes, they do. Places they do. like Camp Lejeune or Fort Bragg. And my brother had the privilege to be a helicopter pilot in the National Guard. And uh, of course, we're a hurricane state. You know, that's a tough time of the year that's after right. the end of summer. And so uh, we appreciate all their work during these floods and, and hurricanes. Indeed, indeed we do. Ted, I can't let you go without asking you, what does freedom mean to you? And why is it worth the fight? You know, I, um, I I like the statement that says, if you find yourself in a hole, stop digging. And what That's I a see- great country song. <laughs> James Dean Hicks right. wrote that one. <laughs> That's right. I got to go back and see all those lyrics. But, uh, you know, I think we need, um, we need regulatory relief that puts the power in the back in the hands of the people. Uh, what were the nine scariest words that Ronald Reagan would talk about? I'm, I'm from, from the federal government and I am here to help you. <laughs> Those are the worst words because that's what we're seeing on the left right now is that they think that they are the solution. They believe that they it's an elitist mentality that believes they are better than the rest of the country. And that's just not true. We are even on the Senate side uh, representatives and we need to represent the folks back home and give them their freedom, their God given freedoms. Well, that is so true, and I'm thrilled that you have joined us today for Freedom Rings and that our audience gets to know a little bit more about you and a little bit more about your run for the U.S. Senate. And I know that uh, the people of North Carolina are going to look forward to standing with you against this radical Democrat agenda and your opponent because Uh, North Carolina, like Tennessee, and so they are looking for freedom, free people, free markets, and they know that if you focus on that, you'll work a lot of the issues out, and that is uh, something that is important. It's important to the first principles of our country, so I would urge all of my friends that are there in North Carolina, check him out, tedbud.com. And make certain that you are checking out uh, Ted's campaign. And you can follow him on Twitter at TedBudNC. Facebook is TedBud. And we wish you well. 
Thank you, Senator. It's been an honor to be here. Thank you for listening to this episode of Freedom Rings. You can follow me on Twitter at Vote Marsha, Facebook at Marsha Blackburn for Senate, and on Instagram at Team Marsha. And you can always find us online at MarshaBlackburn.com. The Freedom Rings podcast is edited and produced by Jared Cummings. Executive producers are Conservative Partnership Center and Marsha Blackburn. Together, we make Freedom Ring.